Welcome to the Creative Pen Podcast. I'm Joanna Penn, thriller author and creative entrepreneur, bringing you interviews, inspiration and information on writing, publishing options and marketing ideas for your book. You can find the episode show notes, your free author blueprint and lots more information at thecreativepen.com and that's pen with a double N. And here's the show. Hello creatives, I'm Joanna Penn and this is episode number 522 of the podcast and it is Sunday the 13th of December 2020 as I record this on a rainy cold day in Bath. In today's show I'll be playing some excerpts from my new book Your Author Business Plan now out in all the editions and uh, I have also recorded the audiobook and so I'm going to play some of those chapters I'm going to play what is your what is a business plan your business summary and big picture goals and marketing strategy your author ecosystem each chapter is between 6 and 8 minutes and read by human me <laughs> so that is coming up in publishing news, lots of interesting news and articles this week about music licensing. And as ever, this is highly related to authors and book rights because the music industry is often a few years ahead of what happens to us. <laughs> so the rise of streaming is changing the economics of song rights. And this week, Bob Dylan sold his entire catalogue to Universal Music for a rumoured $300 million. Uh, it might even be more than that, but certainly a nine-figure deal. That includes uh, 600 songs, including Blowing in the Wind and Knocking on Heaven's Door. And uh, I'm quoting from an article in The Guardian, unlike most big-name artists who are locked into deals giving up publishing rights early in their career, Dylan owned the rights to his own music. Savvy, independent musician doing licensing deals throughout his life, but now at age 79, he gets a big payday, which presumably he will use to benefit his family and control his legacy financially, but also ensures his songs will be managed well after his death, as copyright lasts 70 years after the death of the author. And Universal will obviously ensure they keep those songs alive. Now, I think this deal is fantastic. And in fact, as you reach these later years in your life, looking at licensing your rights as a sort of package is a great idea. Some people manage their estates by obviously working with an agent, other people set up a trust or something like that. But the worst thing to do is what obviously Aretha Franklin and Prince both died without a will and their estates are still in dispute. Now, of course, they are big names. We can't all be Aretha and Bob and Prince. <laughs> in fact, it's very unlikely we will be. Or the author equivalent to Stephen King or J.K. Rowling. But even at smaller levels like us, we have to think about how we want to manage our rights while we're alive, but also what ha will happen f so it's easy for our heirs and successors. So Dylan, of course, Bob Dylan isn't dead yet. <laughs> So who knows what he will create in his coming years. He might have another 20 years of creating incredible music that people love. So he might even sell another batch in a decade's time. But this is really interesting. Uh, I also that I've been reading quite a lot in the Financial Times about this because the companies that are buying up these rights are, I think there's one even listed on the stock exchange. It's, it's like a big deal. So just quoting again, the streaming revolution is proving 
proving to be a particular money spinner for owners of song rights to older hits. Since 2013, annual revenues of Bon Jovi's 34-year-old hit Living on a Prayer <laughs> have increased by 153%. And I'll admit, that is in one of my Spotify playlists, so uh, I will definitely be one of those people putting uh, some money into uh, the Bon Jovi team's <laughs> pockets, which I'm happy about. I've always had a lot of pleasure from Bon Jovi's music. <laughs> so uh, they say following more than a decade of plummeting CD sales, the music industry is undergoing a revival. Now, what is also interesting is the only way this is possible is because of the technology behind the data crunching. So the Financial Times goes into more detail, whereas artists would once strive to to write a mega hit having signed with a major label now a song can succeed anywhere in the world and on multiple platforms without a big bang and this is exactly the business model of being an independent author it is not a hits business anymore for most of us it is hundreds thousands of micropayments that make a sustainable income across multiple platforms multiple countries and if you look at if you look at my books on any particular platform you're not going to see me in the top 10 or top 100 or whatever because I don't focus on one platform or one format or one book. I have all these different things on all these different platforms and all that money comes in all these little ways and makes for a a good business and this is really interesting. Now What is also interesting is that there is now a discussion on how the revenue is split between tech companies, record labels, performers and songwriters. Only 13% of income is making its way to artists and many are struggling. And this is what I discussed in my AI book around blockchain and music uh, on episode 519. And interestingly, Spotify, and the only way that these technologies are going to make it into the mainstream is when these big companies use them. So uh, Spotify acquired a blockchain technology company in 2017. And last week, musically.com spotted a job ad from Spotify for a payment strategy and innovation director to drive consideration of distributed ledger technology blockchain and cryptocurrency. So this is really interesting. And if Spotify solve this problem, then it's going to mean that we can use similar platforms. And of course, hopefully we can put our own audiobooks on Spotify. CEO Daniel Ek suggested the initiative could enable allowing users, for instance, to be able to pay artists directly. A user in Japan might pay a creator in Argentina. And that opens up huge opportunities for how we can further our mission. And really interesting episode, actually, on the Tim Ferriss podcast interview with Daniel Eck, the CEO of Spotify, as someone who, you know, as a musician and a technologist and really interesting interview, actually, well worth listening to. And he does, I believe he truly does want musicians to make money. He's definitely not someone who is separate from the artists, but equally, he's the CEO of Spotify, so they're going to make money too. But this is the type of solution that we need. And if Spotify implement this kind of payment, detailed payment splitting by stream, Uh, for music, then the same principles could apply for authors and audiobook streaming. So exciting times ahead. Now, uh, I know (laughs) many of you think what I talk about is future. And I talked about it being a sort of next decade. But 
this is one of those cases where the future is already here. It's just not evenly distributed. So coming back to AI narration of audiobooks. So China has had AI audiobook narration since at least mid-2019 when the BBC reported all the author avatars reciting their own works in AI-generated versions of the author's voice. And this year, in June 2020, ByteDance, who own TikTok, which of course is... Uh, huge. <laughs> ByteDance launched an app with audiobooks by AI narrators. The app is a long-form audio platform with a library of audiobooks and audio dramas. Much of the content is narrated not by humans, but by AI. The app features a range of books from fantasy novels to self-help guides. Users can select from standard, emotional or boutique and male or female AI narration. So this is exactly what I've been talking about, this kind of app where you can choose your voice and change the voice of the narrator. But uh, you might say, oh, I don't use TikTok. I'm not that interested in ByteDance. They're not uh, they're a, ch- a Chinese company. The first probably Chinese company that have really uh, taken off globally in terms of social media, that type of thing. But it's not just them. TechCrunch reported this week that Google's next Android update will expand audiobook availability on Google Play Books. Google will auto-generate narrations for books that don't include an audio version. The company says it worked with publishers in the US and UK to add these auto-narrated books to Google Play Books. The feature is in beta but will roll out to all publishers in early 2021. So this is Google Play. This is one of the big one of the big players in the digital market. And we actually, you can already listen to some of the out of copyright books, the public domain books. So we, this morning, we actually lay in bed and tried a few of them because we were like, we both listened to a lot of audio. So we listened to Machiavelli's The Prince, which has a female narrator, and you can't seem to change the voice, which I'm sure they will add because Google has so many different voices. But Machiavelli's The Prince, we thought was excellent, actually. And some of the other ones we listened to, there's certainly, in fact, Jonathan, we, we compared a few from Audible that we were listening to that both of us thought were narrated by AI, even though they're not, because some human narrators, let's be fair, do sound like robots a lot of the time. So we certainly had a listen and you can listen. It's on the, I've put a link in the show notes anyway, but if you go and have a look at AI narrated books on Google Play and they're free. These are public domain books. So if Google Play roll this out, as they have said to publishers, what I'm really interested in is the pricing. I really don't like the idea of them setting the pricing and I hope they don't do this for free. If they do it for free, I will be very upset because to me, as I've said in my previous episode, the AI narration should be cheaper than a human narration, but it should not be free. We should still get paid for that as uh, rights holders. So this is very interesting. Many of you think that this will be in the future, but now Google Play is doing it. It could really come into the mainstream in 2021-2022. And also remember that Android has 71% of the global market share for mobile devices. Uh, I think often Americans and British people think that Apple has more of a market share. Well, Apple do in the US and the UK, but in the global market share, iOS is only 28%, Android at 71%. So the Play Store is huge in the global sense. So at the moment, it's English language only, but you can, you have to assume that they're going to put this out in multiple languages. So we shall see what the uptake is, but definitely you can get the Google Play Books app on your 
Apple device, which is what we did this morning. So you can check that out. So as ever, things are moving really fast, but I always go back to multiple streams of income and multiple tiers of supporters. And it's interesting because I've read quite a lot of what Daniel X has been saying at Spotify because I believe our audio futures are very tied with his company. <laughs> and he definitely talks about streaming is not, shouldn't be your only form of revenue. Streaming does bring in small amounts of money for most people. And it's the same for us. We can't say, oh, 100% of my money comes in from these types of page reads, for example, or or streaming minutes or however they do it. But it has to be a funnel. It has to bring people to our work. And as artists, whether we're musicians, writers, whatever, we have to cultivate people who are willing to pay more for higher tiers of membership, access, premium products. You've heard me say this many times before. It is no different whatever you are creating. There's always going to be a free or almost free tier where people can find you. And that to me is what Spotify is. You might even be listening on Spotify right now to this podcast. And as soon as I can, I will be having my audiobooks on these platforms, like I put things on YouTube, for example. And then hopefully some of you and some of you wonderful people do uh, buy my books, my courses, you support my Patreon, you click my affiliate links, you buy books in print or you, you buy direct from me. So more money comes to me instead of the platforms. So this is the attitude we have to have, which is not, oh, streaming is going to steal all my money. It is streaming allows me to reach more people. And some of those people will turn into fans. So as ever, I'm not worried about all this. <laughs> I want this future to arrive uh, because it gives us more opportunity to reach more people globally, which is, of course, my particular thing. And also this week, the Wall Street Journal reported that Barnes & Noble's new boss, James Daunt, tries to save the train and traditional bookselling. Now, it's also worth noting, if you go and check out that Wall Street Journal article, that at the top, you can listen to the article narrated by an AI voice. So uh, those... <laughs> keep telling me that I'm wrong about this. People are really getting used to everything in audio. And this is what a lot of people uh, do now. Anyway, if you read the article or listen to it, it talks about the fact that James Daunt is empowering store managers to curate their shelves based on local tastes. Now, this isn't a surprise for us in the UK, as this is what he did with Waterstones. And I love Waterstones. And they do a great job of curation and stocking in genres rather than alphabetically and they make these tables and I will often end up picking up multiple books because they're in my interest area. This is the psychographics idea rather than demographics where you these are my interests and here's a table and it's got stuff with my interests on as opposed to what publishers have paid for. And so this is, but this is interesting. He's, it does say the article... Daunt has cut the ranks of once powerful staffers who supervise large groups of stores and fired nearly half of the company's New York-based book buyers. Powerful tastemakers who decided which titles stores should carry. In the process, he has severed decades-long relationships with publishers who paid to have their books placed in stores. So he has actually got rid of that, which is going to have a bit of an impact on the American publishers. Yeah, 
that will be an interesting thing to see. But for customers of Barnes & Noble, I, as someone who has been into American Barnes & Noble stores and just reeled back in horror at the just the, the way it's, the way they were designed was not good. I think what he's doing with the redesign, if you make it like it is here in the UK, it makes it a much more pleasant shopping experience. And I cannot go into a Waterstones without coming out with at least several books. <laughs> That's just the way it happens. <laughs> yeah, look forward to that and check out some redesigned Barnes & Nobles near you once you're allowed out again wherever you are in the world. So in my personal update, your author business plan is out now in ebook, paperback, large print and a companion workbook in print, which also contains the questions and a place to write your business plan. So you don't need the workbook. It's just a kind of extra thing if you like writing things that way. All the information is in the other editions. So yeah, it is available. I did say last week that the paperback had a bit of a hold up. The reason why eventually I got the tech people to look into it. It was stuck because the uh, spine size was just like something like half a millimeter too big. So I actually uploaded a new version with no spine text and then I'm going to re-upload it with a spine <laughs> next in January. So I didn't want to hold it up anymore. They've definitely got some delays right now. If you get it now, if you get the paperback now, it's a limited edition. <laughs> and then from mid-January, I'll upload the other thing because it won't matter so much about getting stuck. So, yes, the audiobook is also available now, narrated by human me, <laughs> but only if you buy directly from me. And it is delivered by the very awesome Book Funnel app, which I mentioned last week, but this week I've uploaded all my wide audiobooks to the Book Funnel app. And it's seriously, it's a game changer for audiobook revenue. Now, as I mentioned before, I think this AI narration will become a thing. That will be the cheap version. Then we're going to have the human narration as another level, which will be a premium product. And then we'll have the audio drama, which of course is already a premium product. And what I think is brilliant about the Book Funnel app is that we can actually make 90% if you take off the charges for the fees, whether you pay by PayPal or credit card or whatever. But at the moment, most authors will get... 40% or 25% or even less when streaming becomes the norm. So I would say this is fantastic. Thank you, Damon Courtney from Book Funnel for sorting this out. It will only be worth it if you have, uh, well, one, you have marketing that you can do. So email marketing to your audience. And also I obviously have podcast marketing, but it, and also I would say you need more of a backlist. So it's not going to be worthwhile if you only have one or two audiobooks. But if you have a few and you have an audience and you have a way to market directly, this is fantastic. It really is. We can already get the 90% on ebooks if we sell direct. And thank you to all of you who buy your ebooks from me directly. And of course, they're delivered by BookFunnel to your, whichever device you want to read on. And now you can get the book funnel app for audio and I've been playing with it this week and seriously I'm so impressed. I've also uh, sent it out already to my patrons and a couple of people who have never listened to an audio book before, have never used an audio app, found it really easy. So this is 
I think a game changer and I'd encourage anyone who does publish wide, does have a decent backlist, does have an email list to give this a go. We have to protect our income as so you can get so to encourage you to check this out and also to encourage you to go get one of my audiobooks, you can get 50% off any of my audiobooks and ebooks if you buy directly from me at payhip.com forward slash the creative pen. Use coupon DEC20, so short for December 20, so DEC20, links in the show notes and everything. I've also made a page on how to apply the coupon correctly if you're unsure, which again, links in the show notes or at thecreativepen.com forward slash payhip dash coupon will explain how to do that. It's not difficult, but I want to make sure you do get the coupon applied. That's 50% off plus... You don't have to spend any money to try this out because I have made successful self-publishing free as an ebook and an audiobook. So you can actually download successful self-publishing and give the Book Funnel app a try for free because I want everyone to give it a go. It really is potentially a big deal for making more revenue from audiobooks. Very exciting. Tree of Life also launched this week, two books out this week. I really need a break and I'm very glad to have those books out in the world. I'm at that point of ending everything from my year at the moment. So yeah, thank you to everyone who's bought the books. I was also on the Ask Ally podcast this week with Orna Ross and we talked about failures, mistakes and setbacks of our careers, sharing openly and honestly about the things we have done wrong and how those were negative and sometimes pretty devastating at the time, but led the way to our greatest successes. So that is on the Ask Ally podcast. So thanks for all your emails and tweets and comments this week. Amanda said, thanks for the interview. So thanks for your emails and tweets and comments this week. Amanda said, thanks for the interview with Jesse. A good writing environment has been everything to me as I've transitioned more into writing full time. I don't have problems staying on task, but creating a space where I can actually focus and get work done has been a critical step. Brilliant. Yes, workspace, so important. Also, thank you to David, who sent some recent walking pictures from Hawaii, uh, the island of Maui, which I'm definitely keen to visit at some point. I actually had the lovely Toby Neal on Books and Travel talking about Hawaii and uh, because she wrote a memoir about it. She was on this show also talking about her memoir, but really beautiful islands. (laughs) I'm just so desperate to get out there in the world again. Uh, David said, I found your solo show on AI very informative. I've been learning about AI since the early days of computing when it was called Expert Systems. So that's interesting. Also, uh, thanks to Z Southcombe, who uh, messaged on Twitter, listening to the show after ages, and it's still just as good. Thanks for keeping the podcast going, Joanna. (laughs) Welcome back, Z. (laughs) And I know people do head off and do different things for a while and then pop back to the show now and then. So welcome back if you have uh, a returning listener. Finally, uh, Natalie says, "My here's my jogging view today in Celebration, Florida. What a lovely name for a place. Your podcast is my favourite exercise companion and lovely picture of the sun on a lake or maybe a big pond, but looked lovely. So today's show is sponsored by findawayvoices.com since this is definitely an audio show and I will be putting my author business plan audiobook on to find a way as soon as it's been mastered. So it's time to take back your freedom and go wide with audio, control your prices, sell direct and more. I am more 
happy than ever to be working with Findaway, especially given the ongoing pain that authors are having with ACX. So why do I love Findaway so much? They distribute to the world's largest network of audiobook retailers and libraries. So your audiobook can be in Audible and Apple Books, as well as Google Play, Kobo Audio, Barnes & Noble, Scrib, Storytel, 43 different places at last count, plus library systems like Hoopla and Biblioteca. So you can tell your readers to go check out your books for free and you'll still get paid. You'll also have access to Chirp Books and BookBub Audio Advertising, which I have found is a great way to sell more books. In fact, the Chirp deals that I've had one Chirp deal, I've got another one in January, have just resulted in a very good payday for audio. Plus, you can use Authors Direct, the Authors Direct app, in some markets to sell direct to readers. Findaway can also help you create professional audiobooks. So if you already have your files, so for my author business plan that I narrate, I'm just getting them mastered, they can be uploaded and distributed with Findaway, or they can also help you find a great narrator and work through the process of production. So they help me find a perfect narrator for my Map Walker trilogy, which is going through the various systems at the moment, hopefully will be available everywhere. And in fact, that's the book that's got a chirp deal in January, Map of Shadows and Map of Plagues and Map of the Impossible are also available on Chirp. So they'll be on special in January. They're also on my Payhip store. So it's really easy process to work with Findaway. You fill in a questionnaire about your books and they provide lots of samples from different narrators with transparent pricing. So I knew how much it would cost and I am super happy with the process, so much so that I'm using it with narrators who I already work with. I'm really happy with that. So even if you have gone exclusive with another vendor in the past, once your contract is up, you can go wide or you can request to come out of your contract early rather than waiting the full seven years if you paid for production. Findaway even have a template letter you can use to take your audiobooks wide. Now, you guys know I only work with podcast sponsors who I actively use and ethically can promote myself. And I truly love Findaway. I am an epic fan of theirs. And I hope you will take back your audio freedom and check out findawayvoices.com today. So this type of corporate sponsorship pays for the hosting, transcription and editing, but my time in creating the show is sponsored by my wonderful patrons. Thanks to new and returning patrons this week, Elizabeth McCowan and Steve Alvest. Thanks to everyone supporting the show, especially those of you I was checking this week. Some of you have supported the show since the early days of 2014 and 2015. Very impressive. You are amazing. Thank you so much. And to everyone who supports the show, I really appreciate it. It demonstrates you think it's worthwhile and want it to continue. Of course, you can support the show with just a couple of dollars a month and or a couple of coffees a month if you're feeling generous and you'll get the extra monthly Q&A audio and you can support the show at patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash the creative pen. Let's get into the excerpts from your author business plan and you will hear my narration voice, which is a lot more serious, but it really is human me narrating. What is a business plan? A business plan might seem like a dry, soulless document, the complete opposite to the creative words that you pour onto the page for your books. But think again. Business is creative. Look around you. People working in some kind of business created much of what you see. Business creates jobs and meaningful work. 
It fuels income and enables money to flow between people. It turns ideas into reality. If you can reframe business as creative, then you can also reframe your business plan that way. You are actively shaping your future writing career, and what could be more creative than that? If you can articulate what you want, you can turn it into reality. You might think you know what you want to achieve and how to do that, but when you try to write it down, you may well discover that your thought process is fuzzy and you haven't quite worked out what you want to say. That happens with our books and will likely happen with your business plan, but the very act of writing it down will help make it clearer. You'll discover where you're being over-ambitious or over-complicating things or trying to do too much based on the time you have. You'll also find aspects that will challenge you and help you face the fears that are part of every creative life. You'll also consider the reasons behind what you want. So often we plough ahead into busy tasks and getting things done without ensuring that our actions will lead us to an end point we want to pursue. Writing your plan down will also help you to turn it into reality because you will have to articulate what you want to achieve. As you go through this book, don't just answer the questions in your head. Write them down and turn your plan into words. You might be surprised by what you find. A business plan has a high-level strategic focus. Your business plan will have a section on the books you're going to write, but it won't detail how you will actually write them. It will have a section on publishing, but it won't include the steps for how to publish a book. Your plan should be high level. Think of yourself physically rising high above and looking down on your author business as it is now and where you want it to be in the future. You can't see all the detail from high up, but you can see more strategically than if you're down in the weeds. A business plan is more than a goal or a dream. I have a dream to see at least one of my novels turned into TV or film. This is a pretty common dream for fiction authors. A dream is something that you would love to achieve, but there are so many things out of your control that even if you do everything right, it still may not happen. You can dream of being a brand name author like J.K. Rowling or Stephen King or Yuval Noah Harari, but there is no guarantee that you can achieve it. A goal is something that could be achieved if you take consistent action toward it for the long term. I have a goal to become an award-winning author, recognised by my peers for the quality of my craft. At the time of writing this book, I am award-nominated. I made the final five for the International Thriller Writers Award for Best Ebook Original in 2017. I sat in the ballroom of the Grand Hyatt Hotel, New York City, on the edge of my seat as my name was read out as a finalist. I didn't win, but I keep taking steps toward this goal. I focus on improving my craft, and I write the best thrillers I can. I work with professional editors, and continue to submit my books to awards. I cannot include win an ITW award on my business plan, because it is ultimately out of my control, but I can include write the next thriller, or invest in a craft course to learn more about endings, or allocate X dollars for editorial feedback. Of course, If I achieve the goal of award-winning author, 
I may well take a step closer to my dream of seeing my novel turned into a film or TV series. These steps compound over time as we improve the craft and the business. Make sure your business plan includes practical steps toward your goals rather than dreams that are out of your control. A business plan can be in any format. You're not going to present this to a bank manager. You're not pitching for funding and you don't need to justify anything to anybody. You don't have to share this with your significant other, your writing group or the internet. This is for you, so your business plan can be whatever you want it to be. You can draw it with coloured pens or make a collage. You can use a spreadsheet. You can handwrite it in a journal or you can type it into a document. You can use the downloadable template at thecreativepen.com forward slash your plan or you can use the companion workbook available in print. Whatever works for you. A business plan is a living document. You're not going to make one business plan for the rest of your life. Whatever you think you want, it will inevitably change as your writing career progresses, the market shifts and your life develops. Start where you are and expect it to change. Make sure you date your plan and keep the historical versions. It's always interesting to look back and wonder, why did I want to do that? Inevitably, something will make sense to you at the time, but later on you might change your mind, so it's good to keep track of your reasons why. Questions What is a business plan? Why do you want to create one for your author business? Why will you spend time on this? 1.2. Business Summary and Big Picture Goals In this section, you will summarise your author business in a succinct way. This helps to frame the entire business plan. Some people might call this a mission statement, but you might prefer to consider it as a direction or a guiding principle. Even though this is a short section in the plan, it's similar to a book description in that it can be the hardest part. You might need to write a lot of words before you truly articulate what you want. So give it a go and then circle back once you've completed the other sections, as your answers later may inform this part. Before you write your business summary, you need to consider some big questions. What is your why? Why do you want an author business anyway? Why is writing more than just a hobby for you, since no one ever does a business plan for their hobby? If you want to make some money, consider the reason behind that. Personally, my author business is about giving me the freedom to choose what I create, how I spend my time, where I live and where I travel now and into the future. It means I am truly independent. I want income to fund my creative lifestyle now and also fund my investments for the future so I can keep on creating for the long term. I also have a deep need to be useful, as many people do, and the non-fiction side of my business fulfills that need and helps my community. What is your core life value? This is a huge question, but if you can articulate this, it will guide so much of what you do in both your creative business and your life. It might also help you to understand why you might be unhappy and unsatisfied in other areas. Examples of values include family, 
loyalty, faith, honesty, sustainability and optimism. You can find lists of values online if you're struggling. Of course, we all have multiple values, never just one. List as many as you think apply to you and then spend some time moving them up and down. Be honest about what is the most important in your hierarchy. It will help you to decide the direction of your business. Freedom is my highest value, with the associated aspect of independence, and this shapes many of the decisions I make in business and also in my personal life. Before doing something, I ask, will this give me more freedom or less? Will this help fuel my independence or will it leave me trapped in the future? You might have used this values list in creating characters if you write fiction. It's an incredibly powerful tool because values shape behaviour and actions, which all have consequences. A positive value can also become a fatal flaw, and believe me, I know this well. For example, if you take freedom and independence too far, you might never collaborate or work with other people. You might never enter a long-term relationship or ask for help if you need it. It's obvious how this value has shaped my business plan over the last decade, but yours will probably be different. For example, a business plan based on the core value of family might favour income streams that don't require being away from home, or a core value of status might focus on pitching a prestigious agent or aiming for a literary prize. Only you can decide what's most important. Who do you serve? A business makes money by selling customers what they want to buy. This might seem obvious, but many authors don't think about readers until they have finished a book and want to market it. If you think about this up front, it will help you with your business plan. But of course, I know from experience that my creative muse does not want to be put in a box. If you know your target market already, brilliant. Include that in this section. If you're not quite sure, then we'll go into more detail in Chapter 1.4, Comparison Authors and Reader Avatar, which is mainly focused on books. But the principles also apply if you're offering services, courses or other products. What will you say no to? At the beginning of your author career, you will probably say yes to everything and try all kinds of creative projects and marketing techniques. That's a great way to start, especially if you're a multi-passionate creator, as I am. But as you go through your author journey, tasks will proliferate and expand, and you may find yourself overwhelmed by all the things you decided to start. Multiple series of books in different genres, different marketing channels with various audiences, and so on. At some point, you have to start saying no. If you create boundaries with your high-level business plan, It will help you to say no to the things that aren't important for your overall life value and goals. For example, I went down the rabbit hole of screenwriting for a few years. I've written a couple of screenplays. I've been to conferences and paid for courses. I've interviewed screenwriters on my podcast. Screenwriting is an incredible skill, and it's helped my writing craft in terms of story structure But being a screenwriter is a completely different career, and it's not something I want to focus on. When I'm tempted to work on a screenplay, I look at my no list and get back to writing another book. Create your business summary. 
Now it's time to write a succinct summary that encapsulates your business. You might have several, for example, by author brand, as the purpose might be different. Here are mine as examples. The creative pen empowers authors with the knowledge they need to choose their creative future. Books and courses by Joanna Penn, as well as the Creative Pen podcast, provide information and inspiration on how to write, publish and market books, and make a living as a writer. JF Penn provides escape and entertainment for lovers of thriller and dark fantasy through books, associated media and the Books and Travel podcast. Both summaries reflect my core value of freedom, and they include my target market, as well as my main products. They also underpin my financial and creative goals. In order to facilitate freedom and independence, my primary business goal is to create multiple six-figure revenue streams from different aspects of the business, so it's resilient against market changes. I also have a goal to win an award where peers judge my creative work, and that can only be achieved by writing more books, the heart of both brands. I know it's a difficult task, but as with a book description, start by writing a rough draft and hone it down until you're happy, with the knowledge that you can change it later. Questions. What is your why? Why do you want an author business anyway? What is your core life value? Or your top three if you're struggling with one? How are you currently living this value? How could you move closer to it? Who do you serve? Who is your target market? What will you say no to? What is your business summary by author brand if applicable? 3.1. Strategy. Author ecosystem. You cannot publish a book and just expect it to sell. That's not the reality of life in the 2020s. There are so many millions of books and a multitude of other options through podcast, TV, film, gaming and music that you need to draw attention to your work somehow. Marketing is the act of promoting your books, products or services and although many authors resist it, marketing is an integral part of the writing life and therefore critical for your business plan. There are lots of different ways to market your books and build your author platform, which I cover extensively in How to Market a Book. But in this section, try to rise above the detail of tactics and consider a high-level view of your author ecosystem. What is an ecosystem and why do you need one? An ecosystem is basically a network, and in this context, it's all the things that work together for your brand. This is sometimes called your author platform and includes all the ways that you can reach your readers. If you build an ecosystem for your books, it will become much easier to manage marketing and sales over time because it will all work together in the background as you continue to write and increase your body of work. You can add in short-term advertising to the mix, but a robust ecosystem can underpin your career over the long term. My non-fiction ecosystem for Joanna Penn. The central hub is my website, thecreativepen.com. For more than a decade, I've created articles, videos and my podcast as marketing content, which brings people to the site. 
99% of the content is free and the business model is based on a percentage of those people buying something or clicking on an affiliate link at some point. My email sign-up offer, the Free Author Blueprint, provides me with a steady stream of new contacts, essential for an online business, and I have an autoresponder series leading people into more useful content. I've used this same call to action for over a decade, but I update the material every six months to ensure it remains relevant. You can find it at thecreativepen.com forward slash blueprint. I have books, courses, tutorials and tools that provide value to my community, all linked from the website and within the emails and content that I produce. I own and control my intellectual property assets and I pay for premium hosting so I own and control my website. But of course, your ecosystem has to be more than just your own website. You need to take advantage of the opportunities to reach customers with your books and marketing content on other sites. The most common examples are publishing sites like Amazon, Kobo, Apple, Google, Draft2Digital, IngramSpark, Findaway Voices and more. These sites ensure that my books are available in every format in every country. Podcasting platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon and more to reach listeners. Video platforms like YouTube and Facebook Live. Social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram and others. Advertising platforms like Facebook ads, BookBub and Amazon Marketing. Think of these as outposts, places where you can reach customers but that you do not own or control. Over the years these platforms have changed their terms and conditions and authors have had to adapt. For example, both Amazon and Facebook have shifted from organic reach to pay-for-play in the last few years in terms of advertising. These sites are part of the author ecosystem, but the goal should always be to drive people back to your main site and sign up to your email list so you can control the relationship over time. My Fiction Ecosystem for J.F. Penn The central hub is my website, jfpen.com, which has pages for each of my books with links to the various stores and how to buy direct, as well as an email sign-up for my free ebook offer at jfpen.com forward slash free. I have an email autoresponder series that introduces readers to my books and, after a period of time, includes an offer to be part of my pen friends team for advanced review copies of my new books. I include some content on the site, like videos from my research, but my main content marketing activity is my books and travel podcast, which has a call to action for my free thriller. I use the same outposts as non-fiction, with the publishing sites being the primary focus for book sales. Design an ecosystem for the long term. If you're just starting out, it's hard to imagine creating such an ecosystem. But if you think about it strategically early on, you can build something that will last. If you're further into the author journey, then consider what your ecosystem looks like right now. Start with where you are and consider what you want your ecosystem to look like in five or ten years' time and take action toward that. Questions What does your author ecosystem look like right now? 
What do you currently own and control? If you carry on as you are for the next five years or 10 years, what will your ecosystem look like? What do you need to change to ensure it works for you over the long term? So I hope you found those excerpts useful and you can find your author business plan out now in ebook, paperback, large print and workbook editions, as well as the ebook and audiobook available directly from me at payhip.com forward slash the creative pen. Use coupon DEC20 at checkout and all the links to your author business plan are on the book page, thecreativepen.com forward slash books or just search on your favourite store. No show next week since it's holiday season and I've been working like a crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) I really need a break. So I will be back on the 31st of December as usual with my roundup for this very strange year. And then again on the 1st of January with my business plan for 2021. Although to be honest, if you go through the book, your author business plan, you're going to get a pretty good idea of my business. I'm pretty honest in that book. Happy holidays, happy writing and business planning. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes available at thecreativepen.com forward slash podcast. You can also get your free author blueprint at thecreativepen.com forward slash blueprint. If you'd like to connect, you can tweet me at The Creative Pen or find me on Facebook at The Creative Pen. See you next time.